whether it's the international best-selling author of Rich Dad Poor Dad or the co-founder of Match.com or the host of the MSNBC show, Your Business, they all have one thing in common. They are some of the many guests that want you to reach the finish line. Your host is Callan Diggs. Welcome. Today, I am delighted to have Jimmy Tomzak. Jimmy is an entrepreneur and the author of Lakeside and Tide. Uh, he's founded multiple companies. He was even selected to appear uh, for a- ABC's Shark Tank. You know, he, he's, he's been a feature in countless publications, uh, including Entrepreneur Magazine, Huffington Post, CNN Money, uh, AOL, uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, Michigan Daily. You know, that's, just, that's kind of where he hails from, hails up there in Michigan. And I'm definitely very happy to have uh, I was actually uh, reading, start reading his book, and I really found it to be uh, very uh, interesting, uh, definitely a, a different type of book than the books I would typically read. But it's definitely a stimulating text, and I'm uh, very uh, happy uh, to talk about that. Jimmy, welcome. Hey, thanks. Good to be here, Callan. Appreciate it. Great. Hey, Jimmy, let's go back in time. How did Jimmy get started? Now, obviously, you have the book here. You do kind of talk about kind of some of your humble beginnings with your mother uh, and your father and you really not being able to uh, really, uh, uh, you know, you know, you know, them being separated and you had you kind of forced to see your father. But for people who don't have the book in their hands, let's go back in time and talk about it. You know, how did Jimmy get started? You know, was was your father an entrepreneur? Was your mother an entrepreneur? You know, you know, you know, you know, let's talk about that. Let's start there. Sure. Thanks. Uh, so the entrepreneurial journey, uh, of course, where it all begins is just as fascinating as the finish line, as far as I'm concerned. And to answer your question, no, really no one in my family uh, was in business. No one in my family really went to a four-year college or university. Uh, rather, really from an early age, high school, um, just starting out, I ran like a, a lawn care company. I started selling things on eBay, doing consulting, really like scrappy hustling uh, type stuff that, that got me introduced to making my own way uh, as far as making, uh, making money. And eventually later on, I became more interested in making impact and finding out what I could do uh, to optimize all of the things I'd already been doing to make them even more impactful. You know, that's interesting. And let's talk a little bit about, you know, you know, specifically about your childhood, because uh, I like to say that really kind of has a, almost like a 50 percent influence on the person that you become. And I'm definitely interested in learning, uh, you know, uh, uh, more about that. If you could t- share that with our audience, you know, you know, what was it like for you? You know, was it was it, you know, I'm not sure if you ever heard of the TV show Seventh Heaven. Was it like that or, you know, or was it like, uh, you know, was it like, uh, you know, on kind of the opposite side of the spectrum, like dangerous minds or, or or perhaps maybe you fall in the middle. Talk a bit about that. And let's talk about, you know, what were some of the challenges that eventually that made you a better person overall? Sure. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people talk about whether entrepreneurs are born or made, right? We've all heard that before. You can sub in artist or any career, or any aspiration that someone's trying to become. And really growing up, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot there, but, you know, my basic needs were met. Uh, I, you know, I lived 
uh, with my mom and then my grandma and grandpa uh, for quite some time growing up. And they, you know, that was the, the family unit. Family was very important. And, you know, though, though we didn't have much, uh, you know, the, the love and, and care was there. And they believed in me uh, doing whatever I could to do my best. And so even in elementary school or high school, I was always challenging myself with courses or course, coursework or learning as much as I could. And my original aspiration was actually to go to medical school. And so when I was at uh, the University of Michigan, I studied neuroscience. And only, only later uh, did I really go into entrepreneurship. Because if you think about uh, sort of the traditional path for becoming a doctor or becoming a lawyer or a lot of these different things, it's very, the path is very laid out before you. Uh, you know that if you do this, uh, then that happens. And when that happens, you do this and then that, and then you get married. Maybe you have kids, maybe you don't, you know, and then, you know, before you know it, your life looks a lot like a lot of other people's lives. And maybe only then do you start asking the questions, is this really what I want? Is this really uh, the best I can do? And all those kinds of things. And so uh, really right at that edge of finishing college, uh, second semester of my, my senior year, I was taking you know, 20 some credits where most people would be kind of like dialing things back. I was actually leaping full on into the program in entrepreneurship, which was my first really formal introduction to launching a business in the formal way that a lot of the companies that we now know that are, you know, Fortune 500 businesses mm -hmm. were started and kept on, right? right. There are a lot, of, a lot of basic things about how to form an entity or how to form partnerships or how to do deals or how to have the legal and accounting things work out. Yeah, and that's as an entrepreneur, yeah, let's stop that's, right that's there, Jimmy. I mean. um, Go ahead. You know, from the moment you graduated from high school, because I always like to ask this question, because really, you know, oftentimes I get a lot of emails. People say, "Well, you know, you know, should I go to college?" Or, "Hey, what about this this school?" You know, this school seems like they have a great entrepreneurship program. Or, you know, you know about the rising the right to tuition costs, and, and I, I think right now it's really becoming more of a divided issue whether people should go to college or not. The moment you graduated from high school, Jimmy, did you know w was it your personal choice that you want to go to college, or your mom was like, "Well, you're going whether you like it or not"? Uh, no, absolutely not. Everything, and this is a big thing that I believe in. Everything that you do is a choice that you make. Mm -hmm. You, not anyone else, uh, not your mom, not your dad, not you know a mentor. Ultimately, it comes it comes down to you. You have to do your own push-ups. That's kind of cliche, but I mean. It's up to you, the choices that you make, mm -hmm. because ultimately you're the one that's going to be studying at college or not going to be studying at college or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So to answer your question about uh, high school for me, yeah, I was running you know, a small lawn care business that was making me you know, a little bit more than working some you know, minimum wage job somewhere, and I had control over my schedule, and I loved being outside, and I loved mm -hmm. talking to people, and I loved, I loved that hustle. I was getting a workout every day uh, you know, and, and doing something that I enjoyed, really. Um, Going to college was, to me, kind of, kind of a, a no-brainer a no at the time because uh, I, there's no other way to become a doctor, right? So for that path, to become a medical doctor and practice as a physician, you have to go to you know, a four-year college or university, mm -hmm. and then you have to go to you know, at least four years of medical school till you get your degree. And then after that, you still have many more years of uh, a residency program or postdoc, and uh, basically that path is 10 years plus of, post of, of education beyond your high school. And so I was ready and prepared for that, uh, though I was open to other things. Because when you go to college for that particular program, as a medical school student, you have to, or someone that's aspiring to be a doctor, you have to take certain courses. And But as long as you meet that minimum coursework requirement, 
you can actually take or major in whatever you want. And in fact, medical schools uh, in, encourage that. They like to see, you know, there's, there's equally as many doctors that studied uh, English or poetry or, you know, communications or uh, whatever, and then, you know, also did all their hard science, um, you know, math and physics and organic chemistry. Uh, so it's really whatever path you want. And to talk a little bit more about high school and, and that, I actually applied for hundreds of scholarships, knowing that we didn't have a lot of financial resources uh, to be able to pay the way and the cost that was that was there. Uh, the support that my mom, you know, did give was that, like, hey, I don't care if I have to be in debt for, you know, 40 years, like, that's, like, I'll help you, like, do that, and, like, we'll, you know, we'll do this, and we'll make it happen. This is how, you know, this is how things, this is how things move forward. This is how, you know, you can, this is how you can live your best life now before I even started saying that. That's mm -hmm. kind of the mindset that I was thinking, even though I wasn't using those words. I was just right. using, hey, I'm smart. I love, you know, science and math and medicine. What a great way to serve. I can help, you know, heal people. I can help people find a path to wellness and, and, and be great in neuroscience to me. Studying that in, in, in school, once I found that, it was actually my sophomore year when I declared that, uh, you know, neuroscience is like kind of, I, I want to say like the last frontier, not the last frontier, but it very feels, very much feels like a frontier because we can't go out to the wild west anymore and, and like explore, you know, the open frontier, but there's still so much we don't know about the mind and how it works. Mm -hmm. If we can understand that and understand the language and the systems and the processes and the, the actual, you know, cellular molecular level of what's behind that we can understand some broader scopes of psychology and business and all these other things so ultimately it was a great foundation uh to understand how systems work on a micro and a macro level uh to really to really just you know do whatever you can do and ultimately that that became some of these later entrepreneurial ventures uh from the the former company that i had started and most recently my book start with a free audiobook Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. And wow, like you definitely don't hear a lot of uh, uh, degrees in neuroscience. And it's, it's a very interesting uh, field, a very interesting major. And I've been definitely fascinated, fascinated by uh, I, I think I've been more interested in the topic uh, after learning about someone uh, called uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And uh, he, he, he writes a collection of, uh, of great books. But, and it definitely interests me in the topic. I'm curious, Jimmy, do you believe that your college degree has made you a better entrepreneur? That's a great question. I like to think so, but perhaps not for the reasons that you might initially guess. Mm -hmm. um, the most value that it had to me was uh, ultimately the challenge to aspire to some of these opportunities that are there. And then later on, when I really uh, dove in and grabbed exactly what I wanted and how that could best help me serve the people that I want to serve and in the ways that I wanted to, did it become most formative and most beneficial? Specifically, what I mean is that program in entrepreneurship, it was kind of like the exclamation point on my degree. So I have a Bachelor of Science in Neuroscience, but I also completed the program, of, program in entrepreneurship through the College of Engineering. Mm. And that, that program, which has since expanded and become much larger and evolved, and now it's an actual minor 
and then they actually have um, a master's program in this at the University of Michigan, as well as uh, the Ross School of Business has, you know, obviously their different MBA programs and different programs like that. That's when I really be able began to take advantage of all the resources and opportunities. As an undergraduate, uh, there are countless undergraduate business plan competitions. There are countless awards and opportunities and grants and resources that are only available to you for that like four year time or maybe less depending and so if you're not if you're not going out there and doing it i mean i've, I've long long said that one of my greatest uh strengths is like opportunity vision i'm seeing things that other people don't see and then going out and and doing them mm-hmm. and so that that action that predisposition towards action is is what gets results a lot of times in entrepreneurship in business in life in general yeah, definitely. Uh, you started a lot of businesses. Wow, I've definitely sniffly more than I have, and uh, you definitely got off to a uh, you got off to a, a, a great start. You know, especially at a young age. You know, for myself, uh, I probably didn't make the best decisions in life, but uh, definitely uh, very grateful. I see. I see that you're 28. I'm 30, so we're not that far apart at all. Uh, you know, my 20s are behind me, and you know, really, I have to say that you know, coming coming from you know where I've started up until now. Uh, it really taught me a lot uh, about myself. Uh, you know, I've, I've changed, I've evolved, and ultimately, I have became uh, a better person. You know, there are regrets I have, but obviously, there's nothing I can do about it now. So, uh, I try, so, so, if if anything, what I try to do is extract the positives, uh, you know, from those experiences. Because at the end of the day, I kind of believe that all experiences are neutral. It's just you decide to either extract positives or negatives from it. Uh, but, um. I'm definitely interested in your multiple companies. How many how many businesses did you found it up until now? <laughs> I don't really count. You know, I think we were talking about doing. Uh, no, I, I don't say it like that to be to be silly. But I mean, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs don't talk as much about failure as they could. Whereas in reality, I've I've attended conferences devoted or or like talks devoted to failure and not celebrating it because it's bad, but celebrating it because most failures are learning experiences and lead to other growth opportunities. And so, you know, I've started a couple different companies and a couple different projects, uh, anything from the very the first footwear, uh, actually footwear design startup that I had. That's the one that was uh, taken from a crazy idea where I was sewing pairs of sandals made from billboard vinyl, mm-hmm. uh, minimalist sandals that feel barefoot. And you could roll them up and put them in your pocket. I invented this and patented it and founded the company behind it and got the press for it. A lot of those uh, press features were related to this company. Uh, Eventually started to travel and started to connect with the people that cared about these kinds of things and the places they cared about them. So I'm I'm in Michigan right now, and I'm from Michigan, uh, but where people were paying attention to these things was in New York and L.A., San Francisco, uh, or abroad. And so I'd go to these different places and connect and help people uh, kind of find where the need was and where the impact was. Later on, I began a blog that was another company uh, to help tell the stories that that people don't always want to say and share. And that became kind of the basis for my book because if you think about it, uh, you know, entrepreneurship is in some ways you can call it hustling. But when you really get the results, it's when you realize that you're not just starting a business to make a little bit of money or, you know, to become rich and famous. You're starting a business because you're creating value that only you can create or that only your team can create. You're making impact and serving in a way that, that really uh, elevates not just you or your team or your company or your community, uh, but perhaps much greater than that. 
And so I found that if I could help people uh, share the stories that they felt scared to share, to say publicly online uh, things that, you know, with, with a level of transparency and authenticity that is rare, that like rarely you would do with your best friends, and instead you just publicly share it online, some really, really great stuff would start to happen. Deeper connections would be made. Uh, people could collaborate better, more effectively, uh, communicate on a deeper level and reach or overcome challenges to be able to do uh, basically more and better work. Indeed. Uh, in Chapter 11 of your book, you said the secret to having the life you want is to have the life you want. Now, someone who's you know, seen your success, uh, they can say, well, that's so, that's so easy for Jimmy to say. But, you know, I have, you know, I have four, four kids. I'm able to pay my bills or, you know, I just got fired or or, you know, I just got divorced. You know, a lot, a lot of people are going through these dire circumstances. When you say that the secret to having a life you want is to have the life you want. How does a person do that when they're among so much adversity? Right. So I think one of the, the most significant things I've done is overcome a lot of adversity and I understand that a lot of people that have gotten to where they have have done so by doing things uh, that, you know, that, that they had to do to overcome that at the time. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, a lot of people don't even begin uh, to ask the questions that will get them there. So if you, if you meet somebody random, you know, you're sitting at, at a bus stop or waiting for the subway or just you know, a random uh, stranger that you happen to meet and you, ask, and, and you get to ch chatting for a little bit so they trust you and you trust them and you ask, you know, what do you want? What do you actually want? And you wait for an answer, or maybe you don't because they, they know. But what they might tell you is that they just want to be happy, or that they want to provide for their uh, you know, four children, like you said, or that you know, they, they want to find a new partner because they just got divorced, or they want to know their existing relationship in a, in a deeper and more meaningful way. All those are great answers, but they're all pretty um, just kind of out there. They're not concrete. They're not measurable. They're not specific. They don't have a deadline. What if, what if you flip that all on its edge and said, here's exactly what I want. Here's what I want it by. And here's, here's how it can help not just myself, but others. So I actually created this as a system that th this part of this is written in the book, but part of it is just actually coming into the world now because uh, I've been practicing it and I've seen it change other people's lives, friends and, and family. But now, you know, hopefully strangers and other people as they find that they can ask those same questions and get those same answers. Make sense so far? I can go a little bit deeper if you'd like. Oh, please. I would love that. So have you ever bought a lotto ticket or, or felt oh, yeah. really lucky? I'm sure we all did. <laughs> Especially when you see the, that, that, that price climb, man, you know, 100 million, 300 million, 500 million, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Even some of the best entrepreneurs don't make that much. Indeed. Uh, and some people say, oh man, even, you know, even if I just had a million dollars, well, even what if you just had a million dollars? So, I mean, imagine if you did buy that ticket and instead of just buying the ticket because you feel lucky or you feel like throwing away a dollar or whatever it is, you know, whatever your reason, maybe you don't do that and that's fine too. It's just a thought exercise to say, hey, if I buy this ticket, what am I going to actually do when I'm a millionaire the next day? Wonderful episode? You can get it when you become our premium radio subscriber. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your subscription today. What do you get? You get things like early access to the episodes, commercial-free one-hour episodes, mastermind calls with our guests, 
freebies from our guests, as well as much more. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription, for it's another way for you to start reaching your finish line. I went through this exercise, you know, personally, and I wrote out all the things that I would do or the things that I would buy or the gifts that I would give or the places I would go or how much I would donate, who, who I would donate it to, what I started a foundation, what would be different, what would be the same. And ultimately, like, you know, I wrote all this down and then, you know, it was just like a little journal exercise. I was scribbling it in a notebook. But then, it, then I got like a little bit more serious about it and like typed it up. And then I put it in a spreadsheet. And this was over, this was over like not days, this was over years that this became like a, a kind of process that I revisited. And it's not about uh, the amount of money because what I found out was when I actually added up all the little things that I wanted to do or give or, you know, hey, like when I win the lotto, I won't tell anyone, but like I'll make sure I, I pay, you know, for, for my friend's dinner when I take them out or give them a gift or just spend more time with them in general. And then I started kind of scratching my head and saying, well, hey, that's, you can just do that right now. And a lot of these things that were on this list that I thought I needed, you know, a million dollars for, you know, hundred whatever, you don't actually need that. You add it up and you see that, wow, I can take action on these things that would make my life feel uh, much more, much richer. I can take action on those right now and here's how. And once you had those things, you could say, cool, well, I'm just going to start spending more time with my, my friends and family right now. I'm going to schedule a dinner thing this, this weekend. I'm going to have people over just because I miss them and I'd love to connect with them and, and hear how their life is going. Yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to help them with something. You know, a lot of people volunteer for like a soup kitchen or a this or that. Or whatever. That's, all, that's all great. But like, do you live that across the board in your life? Mm-hmm. You know, your health, wealth, love, spirit, are all of these aligned? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to, it's just an exercise to really think about how you might want to go about pursuing what you want to pursue. And the, the key part there, too, is that, okay, maybe you've identified these things you want or these places you want to go or the things you want to give and how you want to give them. But ultimately, then, there's a lot of different ways to get there. Mm-hmm. You can have a job. You don't, no, not everybody has to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody has to go to college. Mm-hmm. You know, you can start a company. You can, you know, uh, have the job. You can marry into it. You, there's good ways and bad ways and good and bad and love and light. I mean... It's all like, you know, that's the, the beauty of entrepreneurship is that it's all self-defined. And as long as you have a growth mindset and you're willing to try new things and make more mistakes and do more faster, I think you can have results. I think the listeners can have results. And if there's, if there's something that's, that's a, a, stu- a sticking point, somewhere where you're stuck, ask for help. I'm on this, you know, on this, uh, thanks for having me here, but I'm here to like, offer help or guidance. Like Indeed. I found so many people were asking me for different things or help or that, that the book ultimately served for that. It's like, Hey, like you can check this out. And if you still have questions, like I'm still happy to talk to you, but some of the stuff you're already asking, guess what? A bunch of people already asked. And so I wrote it down and first I did it on a blog or just in different emails. And I just send the same email to these people that were asking. And then, you know, then I'm like, well, I'll just put it on a blog. Then I don't even have to send the emails. And then, you know, a blog is great, it's online, but people still love to have a, something physical and tangible in front of them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, this... this that's, that's why yeah. I wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a way to serve. And so, you know, I'm online, uh, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Tomzak, if you just Google the name, how it sounds, mm-hmm. you can find all these things and resources, just like they can Google, you know, the, you know, hitting the finish line for your, for your book. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, for reaching the finish line. Yeah, but yep. uh, definitely, I'm quite sure if they put my name in hitting, it'll probably it'll probably definitely uh, still come up. Oh, uh, the beauty of the internet, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I think the next step, uh, Jimmy, is a lot of people. They you know they hear what you say and they say, well, okay, but I'm past that. You know, I'm you know you know uh, you know I, I don't I'm not in that kind of to me mentality i'm not in that victim mode you know i am doing something i am taking action i am uh you know trying to reach the finish line you know uh and uh, on page 15 well which which i thought was interesting um you basically kind of have a subsection that called that's called care and if i could just uh kind of read an anecdote is uh you says the world is big wait wait you said um there's that feeling sometimes there's that feeling like you're the only one out there like the world is big, I am small, everyone is far away, and we die alone, and no one will care. You're poor, you have nothing to start with, and nowhere to start from. And you want to start a business, you want to play with your passion, and no one cares. You're rich, you drive a BMW XX, you have six boats, you have two houses, and still no one cares. You know, how do people get out of that mentality because oftentimes i think that uh you know especially you know in a, in a in a rich example uh you know a lot, a lot of times people buy things to impress people who really don't care about them anyway <laughs> yeah. and, and then you have the poor mentality and where like you know like they, they're actually sincerely trying they are giving action but they're not having results you know they're trying to start a business and you know you know, they get like maybe two email subscribers, you know, they don't get no Facebook likes, you know, it's just, you just, they, they've been, they've been going at it and at it and they're not seeing light. So it's almost like, it's almost like two sides of the spectrum as far as kind of the person who's already successful and then the person who's not successful. Uh, but at the end of the day, it kind of goes down to as far as caring, you know, obviously the person is buying so, so many toys, so many material possessions because they want people to care. Oh, look, oh, look, they, they, they want that. They want people to uh, pump up their ego. But then you have the opposite side for a person, you know, who's not seeing any social proof. And they feel like, well, the reason why I'm not seeing any social proof, because no one cares as well. How does a person, perhaps maybe you could spend, I guess, maybe uh, maybe a few minutes on each of them. But how, how ultimately do people get out of that mentality? Love. <laughs> it's that simple. I'll just cut to the punchline because it's, you know, the, that power of that word plus silence. That is the answer. That's how the chapter ends. And. You know, for some people, that's how life ends. For, mm-hmm. for some, it's how life begins, right? Mm-hmm. And so you talk about two seemingly uh, distant and polar opposites, uh, you know, both wanting or needing care or, or thinking that they need that uh, for people to love them or for the, you know, people to have success or, you know, all those different ways of going about that, right? Uh, but, but care, it's the same care that we're talking about for both because, I, you know, a lot of it's that if you build it, they will come mentality, right? Uh, does that work? Well, sometimes, but really, like, like no. There's some really fantastic, super smart entrepreneurs that are just uh, they've got this amazing product that solves this actual need that you know they've identified a problem and there's this solution and and yet like they can't bring it to market. No one cares about it. Mm-hmm. And then so so that that chapter. Though it reads kind of like poetically, the, the book has it like kind of spaced out 
and then you kind of like see how it goes through that process. That was my process. I invented this thing that like, you know, I, I poured years of time and money and effort and resources into to put it out there. And, you know, it seemed like a few people cared, but then like, well, then why wasn't I getting the results? Remember, I was starting a footwear company mm-hmm. uh, that, that I thought could have the same fad success of Crocs or Toms or Uggs or pick your favorite fad thing that was out there that made the founder rich, famous, and successful and made the name, you know, a household name and all these other things associated with that. As we come to a close, if people want to follow you or get in contact with you, Jimmy, how would they do that? Sure. So my name is Jimmy Tomzak. Last name, just type it how it sounds and it all works out just like, uh, just like life. So Jimmy Tomzak, my Instagram and Twitter are Inspire Jimmy. And my website is just jimmytomzak.com. Uh, so my book's on Amazon. Uh, I'm more than happy to connect in whatever way. You can just, uh, all of this is listed on my website, uh, Jimmy Tomzak and the book Lakeside and Tide. I hope that that is a way to help people find what they want, get what they need, and then ultimately serve in their best way possible. Great. Jimmy, thank you for being our guest. Hey, thanks so much. You have a great day. Be well. Thank you for listening just another great episode by Callan Diggs if you haven't already purchase the book Reaching the Finish Line at reachingthefinishline.com now it's time for you to start reaching your finish line so what are you waiting for start 